it just goes to show there is different ways to do to do things and you you know not giving up and I think a big thing for me across teaching books courses everything is I think when we look at people out there and we think oh she's doing that he's doing that oh they can do that because of this reason I always want to say to people you know success can be for everyone it's not about your background or you know where you come from or, or you know you've had a stepping stone or you, you can get yourself there by you know to keep going working hard being authentic I've not had it the easiest and um, even growing up I have you know had some tough things and I think I've just never given up and thought well I deserve to do this and I'm creative I'm quite kind of share that and um I think that's just been the driving force in, in all the things that I do that I love to kind of fire people up and get them excited to let them know that they can do it as well and it you know we all are, are deserving of success hey it's Margot Tantow here welcome to windowsill chats a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious I am so glad you're here I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. So glad to have you back. Thanks for listening to Windowsill Chats and taking me along with you today. I have a treat for you today. I am finally, I don't know why it's taken me so long, talking to the lovely, creative, amazingly talented and generous Rachel Taylor. You might recognize that name from Make It in Design courses. As a multidisciplinary creative and co-founder of Make It In Design, Rachel is a champion of helping people find their artistic passion and showing them a creative life can be fruitful, showing them that success is for everyone, not just the select few. Rachel wants to challenge that no matter what your background is, it is possible to overcome hardships and mental health struggles. Rachel has learned a lot from her colorful and diverse life and hopes to help provide others with the courage to be fearlessly creative. She's lived through a lot and she shines because of it. Rachel is very well known for her quirky style, her daring use of color, and her unique innovation. She regularly takes on design commissions for many companies and has created prints and patterns for almost every area in the marketplace. She is also a trademarked brand herself with a number of licensed ranges worldwide. She is a much-loved creative mentor, as I said, and is often told that her style is infectious, friendly, honest, informative, and motivational, for sure. Rachel approaches her students and clients with a sense of relatability, and her services are often described as talking to an old friend who has the answers. 
I'm really excited too. This is big news. Rachel has written and designed completely her first book. It's called Power Up Your Creativity. We talk a lot about that, but it launched yesterday, you guys. So it is out in the market and you can get it for yourself. It's again called Power Up Your Creativity. And if you're longing to take your vision, energy, and output to the next level, this book is the resource you need to make it happen. Whether you're just starting out on your creative path or you're looking to fruitfully channel your creative practice toward a career or side hustle, Power Up Your Creativity offers so much practical advice and support for upping your creative game and therefore achieving your dreams. The book details the highs and the lows and how to push through the creative challenges. There's really so much packed in there and it reminds you that you're not alone. We're all in this together. So check it out. I think you'll love it. I could have talked to Rachel for a lot longer than we did. I feel like she's somebody that I've known because we've taught kind of in the same area, but I would should say I've known about, but I would love to know her more and we get a great start here, but I bet you anything, Rachel will be back. So with no further ado, here is the lovely Rachel Taylor. I'm really, really glad you're here today. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. You know, to me, it's like you've always been kind of part of something, part of make it in design and you're you're out there and you're designing and you've your color is everywhere and your courses and people know who you are. But then I was like, wait a minute, how I would love to know how you got there, how that all started how you met Beth Kempton, you know, where did this come from? Oh gosh, it's, yeah, it's quite a story. So Make It In Design has been going for 10 years now, which is like amazing. Isn't that amazing? So, so grateful for it. Beth and I met in, in, a, in, yeah, not really an obvious way, I suppose. She actually bought a piece of my artwork at a local gallery to where she lived. And it was um, this kind of unusual artwork I was doing at the time on top of my regular job that I had created from my university days and was like, I'm going to exhibit it. So it was all a little bit kind of spontaneous. So she bought this piece of artwork and got in touch. And then she asked me, um, we met, I think, yeah, we met in person. And then she asked me, would I be interested in speaking at one of her events? And she was running this Do What You Love retreat. Sure. I think it was the first retreat she'd done. And I'd done a little bit of speaking at a couple of universities, but gosh, you know, even though I like to talk and I'm chatty, I, I'm not, I wasn't someone who liked done public speaking that much. And she just said, you know, I think you've got a great story to tell and do you like my design? So um, went along to her, her event and it was an international audience. It was a lovely group of people, but I was a little bit like, I kind of, I think I make inappropriate jokes when I'm nervous, so I kind of was joking. <laughs> And I was like, are they even laughing with me or at me? I don't know. And I was really nervous. But it seemed, you know, they seemed to like it. And then afterwards, she said, no, you got great feedback. And then we met and she wanted to meet me again. And I thought she wanted me to maybe design some stationery for her because yeah. she's been loving stationery. And Beth obviously is a really um, savvy businesswoman and very talented lady. And she just basically said, there's a massive gap in the market right now for surface pattern design-based mm. courses. I think she was even inquiring at a university at one point because she'd expressed mm. interest in it herself. This was way back when, you know, when e-courses were pretty much non-existent. Exactly. They were definitely 
more popular over in the US. Mm-hmm. I think in the UK, there was like nothing. But still um, just really starting to show yeah, up. Yeah, we're obviously now, particularly since the pandemic, that the, the kind of, as we know, everywhere, um, which is great. But um, so we were, it, it was this kind of new concept. And then we got our heads together. And I was, I honestly said, you know, I think it's a great idea, but there's so much to tell. I can't tell it in one little course. So it was my idea to have like modules one, two, three, and then another course. And and I think what was great was Beth could really ask the questions she'd want to know. And then I was speaking to my industry peers and things about what to put in it and what you think people, what we felt people needed. And and generally, to be honest, um, I'd had, you know, I was quite lucky to have a great career at this point, but I, I, it wasn't easy coming out of university. There was no one to ask. They don't really, right. in the UK, particularly teach you any business know-how or how to get a website or a printer or just anything, if I'm being honest. It was just very yeah. creative-based, none of the real-world stuff. Right. So really focused on that. Um, very luckily, um, through Beth's audience and mine, particularly more Beth's in the beginning, um, we launched and it was through Hairsight in the beginning and it did really well, the first module. And then we had other people wanting to get involved, like companies and collaborators. And then before we knew it, it kind of built this momentum and got this kind of reputation. And then it was like, oh, my goodness, you know, this is great. But people like want this level of everything. And it, it felt like a lot of pressure, but it was such an amazing thing to do. Yeah. And then before we knew it, they just kind of catapulted. And I think... Um, word spread just through by people you know saying great things about it and you know as the years have gone on we have relied a little bit on paid adverts but definitely in the beginning and even now it's very organic and Mm -hmm. kind of the proof is in the pudding really our graduates would go on to do great things Mm -hmm. and the, the designers or creatives that come to us some were people who were changing careers and wanting to maybe um, do something completely new or people who perhaps had an art interest way back when or been struggling to navigate around family life or we had some really renowned designers come to us who were maybe graphic designers or typographic um, Mm. artists wanting to shift more into pattern design and I think yeah it's just all kind of gone from there and I think the way I've approached it is in, I'm very honest. I'm so unfiltered. Yeah. I worry that I get myself into trouble sometimes if I don't have a filter. I think people have resonated with that. And also, you know, I share the highs and the lows and I'm very real in kind of how I teach. And I think it's just, yeah, resonated with a lot with a lot of people. And and yeah, from there, we just haven't looked back. And it's, it's just been an amazing 10 years. We have obviously a small team we work with who are fantastic and I couldn't be doing it now without them. Yeah. And it allows me to still be able to be a designer and, you know, do my own coaching and do do other things because otherwise if it was just me and Beth, we wouldn't be able to do anything else. Right. Um, and I think having that team and we're bringing different experts is just added to the richness of, of what we offer. And it's just been such an organic process as well. That was such a long-winded answer, sorry. <laughs> I think it's so interesting, though, I, because when you start out with something like that, you might have a plan, like, as you said, let's try these modules and let's let's do that. And then your your students let you know what they need. You are out in the real world working. So you are seeing how changes are coming about. And, and you mentioned your realness, which I think is really what people are looking for, because there's plenty of, oh, do it this way and you'll find success kind of story or not stories, but adverts. And then to, to 
sign on to something and feel like you're really getting an honest, uh, you know, kind of person leading you, teaching you, bringing you along, sharing what they know, other students doing the same. I mean, that's, that's really no matter what, what we're looking for, you know, I, th- I just really appreciate how you do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been able to relate to it and kind of um, sharing the highs and lows and not, you know, not being about, I, I was always worried about what people think, oh, I'm not a great businesswoman if I don't show all the polished bits. But I was like, actually, no, it just goes to show that I struggle. I deal with rejection. Yeah. I, you know, had it in the past and how I kind of was able to turn it around, particularly when I started coming out as a, um, when I first launched as a kind of independent designer when I left my full-time design job I was very colorful very out there I would say for the UK market mm-hmm. and I wasn't being received how I expected to be even though I was doing pretty well so I just tapped into like the US market or the Australian market and then now people love color here in the UK we're definitely getting braver but it just goes to show there is different ways to do to do things and you you know not giving up and I think a big thing for me across teaching books, courses, everything is, I think when we look at people out there and we think, oh, she's doing that, he's doing that, oh, they can do that because of this reason. I always want to say to people, you know, success can be for everyone. It's not about your background or, you know, where you come from or, or you know, you've had a stepping stone or you, you can get yourself there by, um, you know, to keep going, working hard, being authentic. I've not had it the easiest. Um even growing up, I have, you know, had some tough things and I think I've just never given up and thought, well, I deserve to do this and I'm creative mm. and I kind of share that. And um, I think that's just been the driving force in, in all the things that I do that I love to kind of fire people up and get them excited to let them know that they can do it as well. And, it, mm. you know, we all are deserving of success. Oh, I love that. I I think if, if there's something about speaking from your true place that it creates trust from others. They know you mean it. They know you've been there no matter where that those challenges have come from along the way, then, you know, I can figure this out and you help other people realize, Oh, she means it. She's honest. I'm going to, I'm going to, I can do it too. You know, I'm going to see what she says and, and put that into practice. I think um, one of the things too, about being quirky and bright and daring in your style and your use of color, for instance, I'm, it must've been really a bit challenging at first to say, okay, this country that I live in is not responding the way I, I, you know, some people would want to change what they're doing to fit in. And it sounds like you said, no, this is me. This is what comes naturally through my head, heart and hands. How do I get it out there? How did you how did you navigate that? I think because I'd worked in industry for, you know, great companies like the likes of Hallmark Head Office in the UK and it was a fantastic job, but I was very um restricted to certain briefs and I was kind of a service pattern specialist and um, recruited for that. And I ended up working a lot on the kind of Christmas and seasonal teams and certain colours or certain palettes. And I know, you know, even now when I re- um, receive client briefs might be certain restrictions or costs and stuff but it just got to a point where I just felt like I became like a bit of a design machine Mm -hmm. (laughs) do this do that and and as great as it was to learn all those technical skills I just at one point was like 
I don't know if I want to be a designer and that was like the big alarm bell and I so I left my full-time job and it was just before the recession happened in, in the UK years ago and obviously I, I didn't know that was about to happen but anyway that was that was happening and then um I literally was like I'm gonna try and get some freelance work and but doing the stuff I want to do and even after taking a part-time job doing something else to support myself I will whilst I kind of get this portfolio that I wanted um one of the reasons why I think I went so colourful was because I had been restricted for so long. Yeah. I've always loved colour and I've always had this screen printing roots and I wanted to be more expressive in my work and how could I bring that all in? So I just thought, you know, I've walked away from my full-time design job, which people thought, what is she doing? But <laughs> I was like, I knew there's something else I was meant to do. I can't explain it. And a lot of people didn't get it, but I did it. And, you know, didn't have like lots of savings or anything, just trusted my instincts, but equally, again, was willing to take a job elsewhere if I needed to, to support yeah. myself. And just worked on a website, um, which was my little kind of baby, I suppose. And everything on it was the type of work I wanted to get commissions for. So it's that whole saying of create the work you wanted to attract. Yeah. That's what I did. It was like, what messages am I sending out to the world? Yes, I could have put tons of my hallmark work on there. I mean, obsession yeah. a little bit. But that would have attracted just a certain thing where I really wanted to open up the doors to different things, different marketplaces, you know, different products and just actually see where this kind of colourful journey could take me. Started doing things like scanning in more textures and layers in my work, more layers to my work. Again, going back to my screen printing days and just really wanted to just be more expressive and just thought, you know what, I'll see where this takes me. Probably... A little bit of it was naivety as well and just yeah. thinking, oh, no, I'm just going to try it. But there was just something in me that I, I just knew that I was kind of starting the right path. Mm. And it wasn't easy. Um, right. And in the beginning, I was lucky to receive recommendations from other greeting card companies in the area I lived in. And then I think I just got some great blog reviews early on and had this portfolio I felt really proud of. And just one thing went to the you know the next thing someone would say to me oh I think you should do products and there's this like a site in the UK called not on the high street you'd mm -hmm. be great on there and I was just like a sponge absorbing what people said and I was like okay I'm gonna try that so I tried that but actually that was great because someone spotted me for licensing so mm. I can be quite spontaneous and quite serendipitous with things as well and um, I think just I've always just trust my intuition but equally you know I'm a realist I have bills to pay so I did, I remember um, when I was at university on weekends, I used to work for a bank in kind of like a, a call center. Mm -hmm. It was quite a good job to have around university and paying the art bills and things. And I got an application form again. Um, and because I had a degree at this point, I could have, you know, gone up a level, but I had the application kind of at the corner as a reserve and I knew they needed people. So that was my thing of, right, if I need to do that, I can. Yeah. Um, and I didn't need to, and no disrespect to anyone that works in finance, I'm just not great with numbers. So it's quite <laughs> funny that I even had this job in the first place. But, you know, that was kind of a me being realistic. Right. But I didn't put all the focus on that because I was conscious of, if I think about that all the time, all my energy is going to go to, what if I need to do this? So I just, yeah, just worked away in this little bubble. And then I think I had to give one month's notice a hallmark. And in that month... I was so like determined and doing things outside of work and getting a portfolio ready or, you know, chatting to a web designer and laying out pages. And just, I was like, this is, this is my time. And 
I've never looked back really and it really has been gosh a roller coaster <laughs> since uh I love that so much I yes we both have that hallmark background I was there for um a while um on my job path but um I think it's it's so easy to think oh I need this secure job I'm being creative in some way this is you know, I'm around, obviously you're great people. That doesn't change. You, you stay in touch with that. But, um, I think we get so challenged as to, should I do it on my own? What do I need to do to do that? I love that you had something that you knew, you knew you could do if you needed to, not that it was necessarily serving you creatively, but it was, it's that confidence that we don't always know where to find that. You know, I have this thing I can do that will allow me to be creative. And I, but I do think there's something about going all in where you were describing that month, that last month where I feel like you, 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 you commit to something and the universe kind of just listens. Things start to really fall into place. And what it is, is your energy is being put towards that, right? Your time and your effort, literally. And, and so you're working on your website or you're, you're finding out about making on the high street or whatever those things are along the way. And, and you're doing it and you're, you're, you look back at yesterday and you said, yesterday was awesome. Today, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to do these things. And it just, and look where you are. I just think, I love that too, because I, I also feel that people who come from a lot of, a lot of artists come from a graphic background or advertising or something creative in some way, whether it be school that they, you know, something that they love to do or that something they are still doing, but you, we know it, right. It's in there. We have some answers. We just have to listen to that. And, you know, I, um, I'm wondering how, how long after that, did did you meet up with Beth? Oh gosh, I think it was. Let me think. Um, I left my full time design job in about two thousand eight. I think it was, and I think I we launched making. Well, it was called the Art and Business Service Pattern Design back then. I think we launched in the two thousand eleven in the end mm -hmm. of. So it was about two maybe two and a half to three years in um I started exhibiting again freelancing doing my own thing and it, yeah it, it was around then so maybe yeah. two two and a half years as I said she spotted me at a gallery then she'd found my website and she was living in a place called Leeds at the time I was we both live in completely different parts of the country now so was, you know we were actually in the same same part of um, the UK as well and yeah it just I never even though, you know, I was asked to teach at universities and do a bit of lecturing and things like that, I, it was never in the grand plan of right. I'm going to be an online educator. It just kind of, again, an opportunity came my way and it, it felt right. Right. And Beth is great. And I just trust my instincts a lot. And I will say yes to a lot of the things. I mean, sometimes saying yes to everything doesn't always work your way because sometimes it doesn't always work out. But generally... Um, most of the time, it's all on intuition that I'm meant to do something at a certain time, or it's, it, yeah, it just kind of just kind of flows that way with me. You know, you know, I do work really, really hard, so it's not like I'm just saying, "Oh, this is going to be okay." Right. I'm a realist at the same time, but and you know, writing the e-courses, gosh, at the time was one of the the hardest things I'd ever done in my life. I'd say now mm -hmm. my book's harder, but yeah, it was one of the one of the things, and. Um, 
I definitely was way out of my comfort zone, you know, mm -hmm. but um, I, I do love to teach. I love to help. I've always had that kind of nurturing um, personality and want to help people. And, you know, I've got friends who are great designers and I want to, you know, help them and say, oh, there's this great person you should contact or I'm really in tune with what's going on in the industry. And I just, yeah, I've always been that person that likes to connect the dots with people. Mm -hmm. And I think it just, I suppose, came natural in a way, even though it was totally out of my depth at the time. <laughs> But I love that. I think there's something so important about listening to our intuition. You did that with your job and your creativity. And you're right. When, especially when we're doing something for ourselves, we have to pay attention to what's, what's coming along and, and say yes to a lot of things. And of course they don't all work, but it's, you just never know what's going to be around the corner. And I, how today the market is there's, it's more saturated. Certainly there's more courses out there. I've recently um, been talking to a few people that don't even have a lot of social media presence and are wanting to get out there, which is, I think, you know, social media is a little bit more challenging than it, than it was. Certainly what advice might you give someone listening or one of your students now that, that is in the place where they really want to, to try and get themselves out there? I think now the way things are evolving and um, I've become um, more of a fan of LinkedIn recently. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you yeah. follow um, the Creative Boom site, but there's a, a great lady over at Creative Boom and she's really in tune with everything. And she's been singing about LinkedIn for a while. And I just, you know, I used yeah. to be like, oh, I've got it. I don't really do anything with it. Isn't it just jobs, you know, like full-time jobs? And and it's become more of a, a social platform in a way where people are saying what they're up to. Obviously, they're not posting they've been on a night out with their friends. It's very, you know, I've created that. It's, it's about, you know, um, what they're doing professionally. But it, it is more um, chatty and more friendly these days. Um, obviously, you can set job alerts on there too for, you know, like freelance positions, remote positions, permanent. You can open up your profile to let recruiters know that you're actively looking for freelance work and things, you know, make connections. And I think it's great. I think it's a great way of, um, for instance, if you're wanting to design for a head office, particular company, going on, finding them, seeing if they list their associates or their, you know, the people that work with them, and then perhaps you can reach out to them. So I just think it's become a great platform. Instagram, I have a love-hate relationship with yeah, where yeah. it's all changing. Definitely obviously more video-based. I feel like, you know, as creatives, particularly if you work for yourself, we have to wear many hats. Even if you're in the position of down the line of, you know, having a team, you're still need to, even if someone does your accounts, you still need to understand it, to understand your business, or, you know, you've got to be great at marketing, or even if you've got someone who can do that for you, we've just got to do so many things. So I think, you know, find, monitor how all the platforms are going, you know, have presence on definitely a couple of them, at least, rather than just having one. Because I think, gosh, what if Instagram disappeared tomorrow? What would we all do? Right. You know, so I think it, but equally, it can be hard if we spread ourselves too thin. So I think one or two that you do really, really well. And then making sure you have um, a great presence online as well, whether it's, you know, through a, a website, if you can, mm. you know, how can you reach your audience in other ways? I think newsletters are really, really important. And that's a great way of how, we, you know, we find people, obviously things like, you know, being a podcast guest or being on someone's blog and things like that. And it's the same in, in, in business as well. If you're if you're designing and you've got, you know, you're doing great with one client and you don't need to do anything else because the money's great, you're loving your job. I always say to people, 
even if you decide you want to become a greeting cards designer and, and specialize in this and, and you're doing great with one client, just always have, you know, another client at least or other things set up. So if something dries up, you're not just in kind of panic mode. And, you know, it's whether you, um, if you want to do licensing again, rather than relying on one client, have a few, even if they, one in particular does really well. I think it's important to have multiple income streams as creatives. You don't have to go really broad and do t tons of things, but I think just having different ways to market yourself and also, you know, ways to bring in money is great. But um, yeah, I'm a fan of LinkedIn at the moment. So I'm going to see, see where that's going. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, um, I mean, I've been on LinkedIn for years, but I always thought, oh, it's it was very dry, very dry in the beginning and only certain kind of, it felt very, you, you spoke about kind of finance and that, that it felt not creative, like not even room for a creative. But I, I think now it's really opened up. And to me, it's where if you're interested in finding business, that's where to do it. I always recommend if someone's trying to find out who works at a certain company and how to find a contact or an email, that's where to do it for sure. And there's so many interesting articles and you can go live now. Definitely a place to pay attention. I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I had um, one person that I was working with and mentoring who posted, who has very unique, original and kind of quirky art. And she wanted to get it seen and she posted on LinkedIn. So a different platform in a different way. And she was looking more for interior designers to use her work, her one of a kinds. And right away, because somebody was on there as an interior designer looking for something, whatever that was. And because she was promoting herself in that way on that platform, she was found. I feel like it's still one of those platforms where not everybody's flooded into it creatively. So there's a chance to be seen. Yeah, definitely. I think, and I think just the way, you know, we, the way we see things in the feed, it just doesn't feel, I don't get overwhelmed by it. Whereas at the minute, if I'm on Instagram and, and yeah. like a hundred videos pop up, like music song, I'm just like, oh, yeah. and I know, you Can't know, Reels has, has been kind of the way forward, but sometimes I'm just, I just feel complete, oh my goodness, when I'm on these things. So I think, yeah, yeah find one that you feel is manageable as well. And again, you know, trying, trying a couple of things. I love that. Um, I I didn't go all the way back to kind of your creative start, but you you talked about printing, screen printing, and what are some of the passions that led you into being creative in the first place? So I've always been creative, I suppose, a, a, a fidget, I've described myself. And <laughs> from a young age, you know, I was very much, oh gosh, I remember having this kind of lilac-y coloured carpet and bedroom curtains. And I remember like asking my mum, can I have my room a certain way? And and I um, grew up um, doing dance and I was a dancer and was into acting and performing arts and art also. Loved, just loved anything creative. Um, maths and science and things are not my strong point, definitely. <laughs> I've just been 100% creative from, from a young age in, in different forms. And I just loved expressing myself in, in lots of ways. And then um, I, I changed high schools. Um, I was bullied at high school and changed high schools. And then I had to really catch up. Mm. And then I had this art teacher who actually wasn't my official art teacher. She was the one from the class next door. My mm. one was off. And she saw something in me. And she just really nurtured me. And um, she's called Miss Mackwater. She listens to this. She's great. She's an oh, amazing I love lady. It. And she just saw something in me and helped me catch up. 
And then she really encouraged me because I had this flair for kind of pattern and textiles. And she saw that in me and in my paintings, even though it, it's school in the UK, you have to show you can paint certain ways and do certain things and paint, you know, do things like Monet or do things like this. And just to kind of tick those boxes, she, she encouraged that kind of individuality. Mm. And then when I went to college after, after high school, it was attached to my school. I only wanted to do art, drama and English. And the way the timetable was set up, there was like, there's just no way we can't have two arts together. And I was like, mm. I'm going to have to leave and go to a specialist college because I, I just, I'm not great at all these other things. And the head of the college and the English teacher and the drama teacher and the art teacher, luckily they were all really good friends, all got together and were like, we do not want you to leave. We're going to wow. make this work. They were like, you, you know, when you um you need to be in drama, don't worry if you're missing art because you can do that on a free period. We know you'll do it. Or vice, you know, do the way around. And sometimes I would sit in my drama rehearsals sewing my textiles or, you know, the other way around. And I, I didn't have to make up too much, but th they just made it work. And then I ended up, you know, getting great grades. And they just really nurtured me Um all of those teachers were fantastic and I'm still in touch with um, Ali McQuatt now, my teacher, because she's great and I think just she saw something in me that I didn't know I had and especially because yeah. I'd left high school, I'd been bullied, my confidence was like at the floor yeah. and I got told when I changed schools, um, I was so four, yeah, 14, almost 15, um, it's a crucial time for exams in the UK and it was a different mm -hmm. examination board, they were like, there's no way you're going to get the grades you need, but just do your best. Yeah. And I ended up getting the grades I needed and then some. And, you know, I even at my old school, I was not predicted these grades. Again, I think I was just like, I've been given another chance. I'm just going to go for it. And I just worked, worked, worked so hard. So that's kind of how that came about. And then um, as the years went on, which I forgot to mention, actually, when I left my um, my design job at Hallmark, Another thing that I did do, I did pick up a little bit of my acting work here and there. I used to do little bits for, for TV and film, only, you know, little bits here and there because I used to dance. And I love all of that, but I did it more of like a hobby. Mm. But then it was, um, even though I'm proud of doing it, but I, I found that my design name was getting a little bit more known. And I went into a design and head office and they were like, we saw you on this show last night. And I was a bit like, that was <laughs> me. And then they were like, it was. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. So even though it was great to do different things, I was just like, oh. And then my designing got busier and um, just lost time doing things like that. But again, um, at, at university, because I was very, <clears throat> excuse me, very fashion and textile focused, I even had like work placements in costume design as well. So I did yeah. the whole front of the camera, behind the camera, costumes, prints. I, I just love it all. And I think as the years have gone on, I've come to realize, I, I yeah, I love print and I love teaching, but I love the whole journey from right. a drawing, you know, the kind of concept through to a print, through to the final thing, you know, the marketing campaign, the packaging. I just love the whole thing. And I, and I love that when I teach, I love seeing people go through this journey mm -hmm. and being able to just connect the dots again for them. So I think I'm just this creative whirlwind who <laughs> will do all of these different things. But um, I, I just found kind of my calling and my specialism, I suppose, with the kind of print and pattern design and, and the teaching and things like that. I love that. And I would think, I think so many of us as creatives are interested in of tons of different things and and we get going down a path and that 
you know, we're on it, but that doesn't mean we're not thinking about this or that or, and for you, it's really, you know, acting to surface pattern design to all sorts of wonderful things. But I would imagine as well that as a teacher, you can really, you know, it happened to you. Someone saw what you had. And this is my favorite thing too, is just to see, you know, looking at somebody, at someone that they have the ability to be whatever they can. They, they don't necessarily, but if you can put some things in front of them or, you know, shine a light on something that they're doing, it's so cool to see the path that just light up for them and, and what can happen. And I, I really feel that's true for people. I really do. And I love how you make that happen because you offer such richness. Oh, thank you. I think because my teacher was so great with me, if she, honestly, if she hadn't have came into my life at that point, I don't even know I'd be doing all of this now. So sometimes it just takes someone, like you said, to to show you the way. And I, I, you know, I am, I feel so, lucky to be able to do that for people and half the time people that come to me are amazingly talented or they just need some reassurance or some guidance with their portfolio or just being told yeah you can do it you're so ready you're way more ready than I was when I started you know and it's just yeah. having that person to to talk to and in, in particular with my coaching I do one-to-one with people a lot of us work alone and are isolated mm-hmm. and have that imposter syndrome also or think we're never ready and then we constantly hold back and wait back wait for that perfect moment and it's it's never going to be life is never perfect I don't even you know like the word perfect so it's it's just about just going for it and just knowing that you can go after your your dreams as well I love that you know we've talked all this time and we haven't touched on yet what I think is super super exciting in a way that's going to help even more people and that is your brand new book oh i know when you say that to me i'm i get like a little i've got a book i've got a book (laughs) yes very excited so um you do have a book and it actually for those of you listening this the day that this podcast is dropping the book launched yesterday yes so it's called power up your creativity and the subtitle is ignite your creative spark develop a productive practice set goals and achieve your dreams and i think honestly a lot of people are expecting me to do like a surface pattern design book and that at the time that was something you know i was researching but this just feels like the right book because i was asked to do books many years ago wasn't ready kind of run a mile at them because I just thought oh I'm not quite there yet but now you know it's the right time and it's inspired by the people the people I teach the conversations I have and coaching sessions and I find that a lot of creatives even if someone is a painter or a graphic designer or a photographer we all share um, a lot of the same things we have the same stumbling blocks and things that we're nervous about so it's kind of takes you on a journey from beginning through to longevity and how to power up your creativity and there's sections on kind of rejection and all of that and it's giving you kind of the tools on how you can deal with all of those things in quite a lot of um, simplistic ways actually that people I think haven't thought about before and these are things that I found that work really well in my teaching or my my coaching sessions that have delivered results and it's great to know that you know these things that I've encouraged people to try these exercises have really helped people and that's kind of what shaped the book really and it Mm. just poured out of me Mm. I'll be honest I'm not a natural writer I 
whilst having um, writing the book, um, I've been flagged a few times before, but I've been having um, dyslexia assessments. So even though I'm not really obvious in the way I am, as, as some people are with dyslexia, um, it, 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 the way I go about things, it's, it's, it's explained a lot to me. Hmm. And, you know, it, so it wasn't easy. It poured out of me as in what I wanted to say. If yeah. Beth encouraged me, actually, she was like, Rachel, just speak on video because you just you can just do it and that's how I'm better it's um even though I'm a bit jumbly but I, I can speak or I can coach people or teach and it just flows out of me but when you give me something to type and I'm looking at the keys and I also type with one hand as well which is which is so wow. strange but that's just me I'm ambidextrous but I type with one hand and um, so you know it wasn't easy but it it came about in such a natural way and just um yeah I feel really proud of it and um, shout out to Kelly Crossley who works with me at the studio she um was great assisting me with this with the layout design and everything and listening to me ramble on about these chapters and and the team at Quarry Books um in particular Joy Anne and Regina they were all all wonderful on the Quarto team and um, supporting me and I, th I think it's just yeah the right book for what the industry needs right now um and I think again because I do speak from you know, I, I speak the truth a lot. And again, sometimes I'm not filtered. Um, obviously, this book has been beautifully edited as well. But I, I think it's got that realness in there. And I think that's what I've found is what people resonate with me. And um, again, as I said, in, in, in the beginning of my teaching or my coaching, I'd worry about admitting that something went wrong or sure. that I'm not this perfect designer you know but actually it's just showing you know these things happen and just move on from it it doesn't mean it's the end of your career or you're not going to get that deal or it's just you know about finding the right place for you and the right things and, and talking about timing again sometimes in life we can't always do exactly what we want to do due to personal circumstances and again it doesn't mean that you're you're not going to achieve the dream your dreams just sometimes the you would just have to wait and be that little bit more patient. So yeah, it just feels like the right book and I'm really excited about it. And um, so far, you know, I've had a great response and I'm, yeah, I'm just hoping that everyone's going to love it. Oh my gosh. I, I just think it's perfect timing. And like you said, I mean, everybody who's on any sort of path where they're trying to achieve something often feels like it's daunting or they're going it alone or is it going to resonate with people and to have your story and your tips that you've also gained through so much interaction with other people, you know, cultivating creative courage, how to evolve, like you said, embrace your creative power. What even is that? What does that even mean? I just feel like who couldn't use that kind of help and encouragement and to be able to hold it in your hands or listen to it or whatever way it might be we we all need those pieces of encouragement and i love that you've put this all down in one place because i think it's gonna be a real game changer for you and for all those that that can read it i'm so excited for this i think when people read it i want it to feel like the voice of a friend and someone coaching you but in a in you know in a realistic way as well i haven't just kind of said be positive and do this. There's all the realness in there as well. Yeah, of course, positivity is great and being proactive, but there's the real side of things as well. And um, exercises that are kind of going to help you. And and as I said, and you mentioned then, because I've had these conversations with so many people, 
and these these topics are always coming up and and these exercises are really working with people I just yeah want want to help as many people as I can you know not everyone can take my courses or book a a one-to-one mentoring session and this obviously is something you can have on your coffee table you know have it as a comfort as a guide pass it on to your friends I think I wrote something in the introduction like you know tear the pages out stick them on the wall Mm. read on the bus on the toilet I don't mind just do whatever you do to use it in a way that is gonna you know be there for you even if you don't want to read every chapter and just dip in and dip out um it's there as a you know as a nice kind of um comfort like a comfort blanket and give someone giving you a big hug but also kind of saying go on get on with it as well you know so it's 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 that as well oh my gosh so everybody go find it it's so exciting it's just i'm just so thrilled that it's that's happening power up your creativity is the name of it and who wouldn't want to do that truly i'm so we have, excited we have also added a dedicated um, support group on facebook as well so if you search power up your creativity nice um, there's things in there like resources and downloads if you purchase the book you can join that as well and there's um, live q a's and things like that for me as well i love that you know one of the things that i'm so impressed by with make it in design and all that you've put together is there's so many resources. There's so many things to that you can learn from there. And I and I love that you're doing it here with the book as well, but that's just something that has always impressed me when I've popped over and, and looked at the site is just how much is there for people. Yeah, there definitely is a lot. And um, obviously we've been going 10 years, so we've evolved lots yeah. of courses. Now we work with a lot of guest experts. There's some free classes on there as well. So do check out uh, check it out over at makeitdesign.com. And I just love that we've been able to bring a lot of different creatives together and we yeah. listen to our audience and they might say, you know, we really want to focus on branding this, you know, in our live hub, for instance, or we want a course that has this, we would love this type of expert. So we're just very um, reactive to what the the community wants. Obviously, it started out as just me being kind of one of the main faces and tutors at Make and Design. It's just evolved in, into so much more. And big shout out to all our contributors and the companies that we get reaching out to us as well. Like some people, you know, we're not an agency by any means, but we will get companies coming in saying, oh, we've got this brief. Can we launch it with your students? And of course, it's an opportunity if they want to do it, they don't have to do it. But we're... We're not just about, you know, doing a course and being on your way. We want to see people succeed. We want to cheer you on. And I think that's what makes us different. Obviously, there's a lot of competition and bigger companies out there now. And we're kind of obviously smaller and we're, we're just there to more nurture you within the, within the community. Well, and I think there's something really cool about that too. There's, there's obviously great, um, I love working with Lola and her agency has done so much for so many. And, and I, like you have been approached so many times, like, what about an agency or what about having an agency? But I think what you do is you're able to, to touch and reach and work with a broad number of people. And you're not, which Lila is too, of course, but with her courses and, and, and that, but I love that companies see you as somebody that, has the ability to reach a lot of people and hey try this brief maybe people will want to see it and maybe not i just i think there's so many interesting ways that companies are are reaching out as well finding people because shows are changing so much you know it's really there's it's just for for people listening it's it's really kind of find there's so many ways 
to get your work out there. And I really think it's, there's you shouldn't just be doing one. It's yeah. taking courses and finding people through a group like yours. It's reading that book, this beautiful new book, and joining that Facebook group and finding who are your people there. It's taking courses that are maybe more specific. Maybe you're, you have an agent or you want an agent. You know, all those things are possible. I think there's so many ways to learn and so many ways to get out there. And, and it's, it's just all about finding the way that works for you, you know? Definitely. And I think sometimes as creatives, we see, oh gosh, there's so many different things I can be doing and we get overwhelmed by, by that. But I always say, well, aren't we lucky that there is so many different things we can be doing, you know, like yeah. it, it's, it's not hard. There's so many different ways in which we can try it and it's, it's finding the way that, that works for you. So I think when you see people doing lots or another platforms opened up, you're thinking that it's just another way for you to market yourself. And we're lucky to have these different things. It can be hard, as I said before, like wearing the different hats, but, you know, find a couple to begin with and specialize in those and then see, see where they take you. I love that. And if you're looking for, you know, inspiration, go read Rachel's new book. I think it's going to be <laughs> wonderful. Um, as far as goal setting a, as a creative and and sticking to that, you spoke a lot about, um, I think this, honestly, this question just goes back to what we were just saying. I feel like, what would you suggest for people who have these goals and want to get out there? Is it just about finding these groups and niching down? Or if you know, how would you set a goal right now today? One of the things, and it's, it's an exercise in the book that I task people is, I think just first of all, like get, gain clarity on what it is you want. Because a lot of us and a lot of people I teach don't know what it is they want. So they're going around trying different things, which is, you know, it's fine if you want to work like that. I'm quite experimental and can be like that. But I find a lot of the creatives get overwhelmed um, identifying what the goal is. So I would say, imagine you've walked into a room and it's maybe, I don't know, a design head office, someone that can license your work. What is that buyer saying to the colleague about you? Mm. Then imagine walking into another room and I don't know, it's a store and someone is buying a duvet cover, but it's not for them, it's for their son. You know, what is that person buying it saying? And what is the recipient, the son saying about you? What What is it they're saying? And I kind of use that then as a, as a starting point in a way of, right, that is where I want to be. Kind of like, how the heck can I get there? So it's what, in a way, identifying the steps that get you from kind of A to B. And it might be a lot of steps. It might be little steps. And obviously, it depends where you are on your journey. But if you're wanting to be known, I don't know, in homewares, you know, does your, have you got a website? Does it reflect that? Do you even have a homewares portfolio? Right. Are you reaching out to those types of buyers? Do you have a lot of pattern? Because obviously, you know, pattern's quite popular within homewares. You know, are you um, creating the work you want to attract, as we said before? And I think then that gives you kind of like a clear path of where to go. So then when you're seeing all of these different platforms or, you know, is it LinkedIn or do is it Instagram? Is it, do I do an online show? You know, look at where it is you want to go. Look at the people around you who are doing really great in the industry as well. Be inspired by them and then use that to think, right, that's the type of thing these people are doing. They've shown the way. So I can obviously do that too. And then obviously always be authentic, inject you into everything that you do. And I kind of use that conversation as a, that is clearly where I want to be. What is it I can do to get there? And then I think when you have clarity within your own dreams and your own, um, you define your own ideas of success as well. I wouldn't say I made the mistake, but I, I definitely in my younger days 
did a lot of things because I felt like, oh, that designer's doing that. That designer's doing that. Why am I not doing this? And I'm very fidgety, spontaneous, and, and I'm grateful, gosh, I did all the things. I think it, it, it's got me where I am to today. But it, I ex exhausted myself at the same time. So you don't always have to do what everyone else is doing. You know, right. you can be true to you. And I think just that clarity just brings a sense of calm of like, right, this is what I would like to be doing. And even though I'm all for planning, I would always say leave a little bit of room for, you know, serendipitous things to happen and have a bit of spontaneity. Or if you see a brief out there, a competition, react to it, even if it wasn't quite on your plan, because it might take you in, in another way. Um, but I think just having this kind of structure of that's what I need to do to get there um, re really, really helps. Oh my gosh, such great advice. I, I, you know, stop, rewind and listen to that again. <laughs> I agree. It really, I feel like people look at, at a destination and think, how am I ever going to get there? But if you just follow those steps and imagine it and, and yeah. ask yourself those questions, are you reflecting the work you want to do? Does your portfolio have the things that you see on those pieces you're eventually going to, you know, your dream job kind of things. If not, just take some time to make that happen. Take a course, do a challenge online, meet up with some friends online and give yourself some goals. I mean, that's how it works. And the cool thing is it works. And then there's room, there really is room out there to make it happen. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just realizing that, you know, the big dream yeah, it seems, oh gosh, that's so big. It, it, it's not, it's not really, it's just a case of steps to get you yeah. to that dream. And it, it's the same. And when I coach people, I'll say to them, like, what's the big dream? And a lot of people either hold back and don't want to tell me the big dream because they feel like they're being greedy or arrogant or, you know, or they, they actually don't know what the, the dream is. And I think once you are so, I want to do this or achieve this, or even it just, I want to be a creative who is, constantly has an abundance of work and I want to travel the world if that's your dream even if it's not a I want to be a homewares designer just knowing what it is that you want I think really um, aligns you and the last few years with me I changed a little bit my kind of end goal was always the word freedom and it was like I want to have more freedom in my work in my choices I want to, I love the fact that I can do you know flexible hours around my son I can um, have travel within my job it's all been about accepting things that are going to give me freedom or open up new new opportunities that are going to drive me that way. The book has been you know, so hard to do. I absolutely love doing it, but it took me away from a lot of my design work. But I know mm. it's going to open new doors, which essentially yes. is going to give me more freedom. So it's just no, always knowing what the bigger picture is and, and reminding yourself of that. Some people do great with having um, a vision board. Mm -hmm. So I always encourage people as well to not just have a professional one, but have a personal one as well. Because over the years I had burnout and I, I, even though I was doing it for certain things, at, at one point I was just feeling like I was ticking boxes because everybody else yeah. was doing it. Right. And um, I never identified what it was that I wanted from my life. So I think that that can really help you as well. I love that. So what's one thing for you that that keeps you inspired and keeps you from like, for instance, I know you have the most fantastic car that oh. <laughs> that to me would inspire me. I, I do like you. I have a little sweet, little fabulous colored, tiny little car myself. And I <laughs> I know when I 
get in it and it can put that top down. And I, and I, I worked hard for that. I must say, it's not like, Oh, I have this thing. You know, I worked hard. I saved, I knew it was something that would make me feel like I had freedom, even when I couldn't go very far. And, um, I've had it for a long time. So what are those things? Tell us a little bit about what, what makes you feel like, Oh, I can, I have this freedom or I can be re-inspired. Yeah, the car I love, I bought that on a whim because I, I saw it in the um, the lockdown period when we were all quarantining and someone was selling this little vintage thing and it reminded me of my travels and I was selling a, a newer vehicle that was not very efficient on fuel and it was expensive to run and I should have bought something practical but I just went with my heart <laughs> and it reminds me oh, of traveling. Yeah. It's pink, it's tiny, it's 31 years old, it's made to look like the 1960s, you know, I can't drive it without someone talking to me or people shouting Barbie at me or something. I didn't think that through. But it's I love a little it. Figaro, if anybody. Yeah, a little pinkness on Figaro. It just makes me happy. Um, Travel is a big thing. So I think years of developing the courses and, and when I became a new mom and things like that, I was not getting out. And yeah. I was feeling like, oh, I'm meant to be inspiring all these people from like over 100 countries where I'm stuck where I am. And don't get me wrong, I love the city I live in. But... I just had to get out. So I did things like made sure I mapped out time in the diary to have a full on sketching week or because I juggle lots of things. I can't design every day. I have to kind of map out certain periods because I have other commitments now. So just putting things in the diary, even if it's just a trip to see a friend in a different city or going to the park or just mapping things out like this week is for this or traveling when I could. So I um, explored some colorful cities, fell in love with Cuba, inspired a lot of artwork, lots of wonderful things happened. And just, yeah, looking to different places for inspiration. I recently did one of those, I don't know how you explain it, the um, the Ancestry DNA. DNA oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, um, I always asked where I'm from and I'll say I'm from the UK and people say, no, but your heritage, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I think I have a little Irish, but I don't know anything anything else because I don't know about everything um, within the family. And um, I, I did one of those tests and it said something like I was 42% Scandinavian. So now I'm like, oh, I'm so going to explore more of that in my... So cool. So th- things will just lead me in different ways. And I love that I have that freedom to be inspired by different things and be excited yeah. or um, I can be chatting with someone and it can spark a new course idea or... But the main thing for me is just having that flexibility of that. I don't have to work nine to five hours. Yeah. I can work in the evening or, you know, like today I've um, had a little time off in the morning, but I'm working later tonight because I'm doing a video for making design or just, just having that, that freedom just makes me just feel like I can breathe in a way. And, and I need that. I'm my, my son said this recently to one of my friends. He says, mom, you're not very conventional, but I'm not conventional. <laughs> He said it in a nice way, but I was like, where have you got this from? But yeah, I, I, I like to just do things a little bit different. And and I used to see that, worry about that as being a flaw. And now I just mm. accept that is that's just me and I'm a little bit different, a little bit quirky. My mum always says, just keep doing your own thing. It's all good. Just keep doing you. She says, I'm like a butterfly doing all these different things and flitting off. But yeah, just just have it. I work better when I... Um, just have that room for spontaneity spontaneity and I think a lot of my things have happened in an unplanned way yes I have this goal of what I would like to be known for or what I would like to achieve 
but I'm always welcome to things coming my way. And mm -hmm. I really trust in that. And I definitely, the whole thing of create the work you want to attract and little signs from the universe. Again, I'm a realist, but I obviously believe in the message we put out there and the energy we put out is, is really important as well. Well, and if you keep yourself plugged into the things you're interested in, then you find the people that are like you, or they find you, you know, and I, I and it's so easy to forget about that. But again, great advice of scheduling that in, putting it in your notebook and making time for it. Because those are the things that inspire us to keep going. Otherwise, it's just, it turns, what once was fun is no longer. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. It's oh, thank you for having me. It's I so feel like you. we could keep going for another hour. I would love to hear after your book's been read widely and is out there a bit. I know this is going to be a game changer for you, Rachel, and for the people that thank it touches. You. I'm so excited. I, I think of people like Lisa Congdon, you know, who has put out some wonderful books and how people, books. the type of people that are then drawn to her. And I feel like this is one of those kind of books that's really going to help people. And I can't wait, Rachel, for it to get into oh, to all the you. hands out there. I think it's great. So oh, you excited. made me a little emotional saying that. Thank no, you. I, I really, oh. you know, when I was reading about it and, and the comments people have said, I just thought, oh my gosh, this oh, is going oh, to be so lucky. Yeah. I feel, I feel really blessed to have been given the opportunity and, you know, there's a lot of people that's helped me make it happen and, and just so grateful. And it feels the right time, you know, after kind of 10 years in with making well, over 10 years now with making design and, and just the success we've had and knowing that these things can help people is, is been great to been able to kind of pour, those years worth of experience into this book and um and it's very honest as well you know the ups and downs and how to overcome obstacles and I hope it is really going to help a lot of people and be comforting I think it will I'm thrilled I always love to ask do you have anybody who's or I for me it changes every day but who's inspiring you these days do you have a couple of people oh gosh um there's lots of people but I would actually going to say today my mom because mm. I know maybe I should say someone in the creative industry but my mom oh, no. um she's someone she's a tough cookie and she's really resilient and she lives in the moment and enjoys every day and she's just always just wants me to be happy and cheers me on and I don't think I've even would have written my book if it wasn't for my mum kind of giving me that comfort and you know she's and she's really funny and she's really cool <laughs> so my, oh I love that mom, I'm gonna say my mum yeah <laughs> what a good combo I really think those of us who are lucky to have encouraging moms I have one as well it's you know it's a wonderful thing and yeah, here's, here's to that She's always been kind of like a more and a dad to me because I kind of grew up without that. So she's, yeah, she's amazing. Awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much, Rachel. I'm so thrilled to have you here and I can't wait to see what unfolds with your book and all the things you continue to have your creative hands in. Thank you so much for um, chatting to me again. I'd love to chat to you more and um, it's just been really good. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you so much to everyone who's listening as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it 
one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.